welcome to today's online worship experience. I'm Pastor Anthony, and this is Pastor Chris. We're so delighted to be doing this together today. We want to invite you into a conversation. So normally you get to hear one of us speak, but today we thought it'd be fun to talk about our topic together. We're in a series right now called It Is Well, but as we talked about last Sunday, um, let's be honest, sometimes we don't feel like it is well. Sometimes it is not well, and today we want to talk to you about what that looks like. There's a lot of information out there about anxiety, fear, and stress. And today we want to see what the Bible says about those things. Yeah. And uh, just a reminder, we are not doctors. Um, Pastor Anthony could play one on TV. But um, because of that, we have some resources we'd recommend too, because anxiety is such a big topic to try to to cover everything in one message is impossible. Uh, But Dr. Henry Cloud um, and Edward Welch are two Christian counselors that have at least three or four books a piece on anxiety. And we'll put some links to that um, on our website and also on social media. But we would encourage you to check those out as well. Absolutely. So grab your Bible and you can turn with us to the book of Philippians chapter four, or you can go to your Version Bible app, go to the menu, events, type in North Park Church, and all of today's scriptures and notes are gonna be right there for you. Let's dive into this week's series, It Is Well. Pastor Chris, there is so much about this topic of fear, anxiety, and stress. Why do you look so serious all of a sudden? You got really serious when I'm, you started. I'm, I have anxiety about this video. <laughs> it's so funny that we laugh before it starts, and then all of a sudden we get really serious. But there's so much talk today about fear, stress, and anxiety. Um, we talk to a lot of people as pastors, and I hear it all the time. And we've been through a pandemic, a global pandemic. Uh, it feels like now we're dealing with this pandemic of anxiety, and, and it's a very real thing. And so the words that we often hear and almost hear them interchangeably is fear, stress, and anxiety. And I've even heard people say, as Christians, we shouldn't be afraid. We shouldn't have anxiety. We shouldn't be stressed. Um, There's scripture that we could throw out really out of context. God's not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us what? Power. He's given us love and a sound mind. But just because God's not given us the spirit of fear doesn't mean we're never going to have to face it. We do have to face it. Faith is not the absence of fear. I think it's the ability to trust God in the face of our fear. So let's talk about it. Let's dive in. Right. You're a very anxious person. (laughs) Too blessed to be stressed is actually a bumper sticker. That's not a Bible verse. Um, But yeah, one of the things that I love about Pastor Anthony is he is a visionary. And so he has this great ability to to kind of paint this picture. Um, But a a worrier is someone who uh, is a visionary minus the optimism. So when you're a kid, we say that you have a great imagination. Um, One of my sons has a really good imagination. In fact, he'll kind of just start playing in the living room just with nothing. Um, and he's making all these noises. And my other children, because I have like 13 of them, will yeah, say, a lot of kids. hey, I want to play with you. And he has on more than one occasion said, I'm sorry, I've already started the mission. I, I just can't stop in the middle, which is really frustrating because they're like, yes, you can. You've made up everything in your head. But when they're kids, it's imagination. When we're adults, we describe it as, as being, you know, kind of vision casters. Yeah, I love uh, vision. I do talk about vision a lot. And Andy Stanley's definition of vision is it's a clear mental picture of what could be, and it's fueled by this conviction that it should be. Right. And I think about some of these things that we're thinking about today. It's almost like it's a clear mental picture of what could be, and it's fueling my fear and stress and anxiety that it's going to go really, really bad. So I like what you say. Warriors are visionaries got great imaginations minus the optimism. 
I, I can tell you, um, and we can put this in the in the notes, but uh, you even talked about it in staff meeting this week. Craig Rochelle has a list of positive faith right. affirmations. Um, I use those in my own devotion, in my own personal life, on a regular basis. And one of the prayers that I have to pray on a regular basis is, Lord, not only do I give my thoughts to you, I give my imagination to you. Because if I'm not careful, my imagination will run away. And I can think about the best case positive situation. But if I'm not careful, um, I can do that without the optimism. And I can think about the worst case scenario. And I'll go down that path. And it affects my mood. It affects my um, my mentality and, and, and so much of our actions are determined by attitudes which are impacted by our thoughts and imaginations. Right. Yeah, and so what's bad about uh, worriers is when you become an advanced worrier, um, you worry about everything. And when you worry about everything, eventually you're right about something. So you may worry about a hundred different things and one of those things kind of happens. Usually it's not exactly the way we thought. And what that does is it confirms in our mind I have to worry. Like, in fact, worrying or being anxious is my, my, my spiritual gift. Like, <laughs> if I want to be compassionate for the people I love, I have to worry about all the things that they're not currently thinking about. Yeah. And, and you almost feel like it's, your, it's this, this mantle or this thing you have to carry for people. Yeah. And, and sometimes I think we'd say we're being realists. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah. actually we're not. Yeah. A realist, you know, you, you're worrying about what's, what's maybe really happening. Right. But, but what we're talking about is worrying about things that, never happen. Right. And then the hard thing is, is, is because we think they could happen and, and you can't convince someone who's got anxiety that it's not going to happen. I mean, aliens could invade or a meteor could hit the earth, but most likely it's not going to happen. And yeah. so, um, some of the things that cause anxiety, if you kind of broke it up to three things, there's a fear of the future, which usually anxiety lives in the future. It's kind of its favorite place to be, but there's, there's conflict in the present. So there's this issue in the present or there's a regret from the past. And so one of those three things is probably an area that you struggle with more than others, but all of them can can be a source of anxiety. Yeah, and what we don't wanna do is look at you today and say, don't be anxious, right. or don't worry about it. Uh, my favorite thing to tell somebody when they're not in the great space is just need to calm down. <laughs> Husbands, make sure you, this is what you do today. Just if your wife is a little bit, you know, anxious, just look at her and tell her to calm down. It makes it all better. Yeah. Don't ever do that. And when she tells you what's wrong, just say, it's no big deal. And those <laughs> two together will be great. And we are going to be here all week for your marriage tips and advice. Um, so we don't want to do that. We don't want to just look at you and say, calm down. It's not a big deal. God's in control. God's got this. We want to be very practical with you today to show you what God's word says about these things and help you manage the emotions and feelings and thoughts that you really do have. Um, so you know a lot more about the Bible than I do. So why don't you start there? Well, it's funny because as Pastor so, mentioned, he's my favorite speaker. He's so he's so so good with the Bible, man. As Pastor mentioned, uh, I tell good dad jokes though. <laughs> You hear that? Yes, I do. I don't have music. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the uh, one of the things he mentioned is the worst thing you can say is you know don't be anxious and yeah. and literally in our text today <laughs> that's what Paul says. But here's why I love that um, is because we do take that out of context. We look at this verse as Paul saying, "Hey, it's not that bad. Just try harder." Um, but Paul had plenty of reasons to be anxious. You know, we've been going through Philippians and just very quickly, Paul was arrested in Jerusalem. Uh, for something he didn't do. They thought he was trying to bring a a Gentile or a non-Jew into the temple in a certain area. He couldn't do that. To make matters worse, the Romans thought he was an Egyptian fugitive. And so he was arrested. And and he he said, you know what? I want to go before the emperor to Rome to plead my case. And on his way to prison, he's shipwrecked. So he's shipwrecked on his way to prison. He's there for a while and then eventually gets to 
Rome and he's under house arrest and he's chained to a guard 24 seven. Okay, like, pause. Can we yeah. just talk about something for a second? Yeah. How do you know all this stuff, man? <laughs> like, honestly, I, I, I know there are people right now going, do you have to go to seminary to have the biblical knowledge that you do? Because there's so much that you're telling us right now that's not on that piece of paper when you study the Bible. Can right. you talk about that for just a second? Because there's nobody that knows the backstory like you do. And I think it's helpful. It puts it all in the context. So for somebody who's yeah. trying to learn to study the Bible and figure this out, how the heck they figure that out? Um, commentaries are very helpful. Um, in fact, we will, uh, we'll list some in the, uh, on the website under the message. Uh, there, are, there are one or two commentaries that are super helpful, and the other one is to just look at history, um, Roman history. You know, if you, that, that's actual things that really happen that you can look at that help you understand what And that makes the Bible come alive for right. you, doesn't it, oh, to yeah. understand yeah. the context. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, sorry. No, no. I'm blown away when you start sharing that kind of stuff. No. I can tell you when I'm preaching and I'm preparing messages, so often I reach out to Pastor Chris and I'm like, Dude, help me right here with this yeah, stuff, yeah. and you, you, you're awesome at it. Okay, keep going. I'm but sorry. But some of it's useless. Like, no, it's Yeah, not. I read about a Roman emperor who invited everybody over for dinner and, and just hundreds of people. And his food was real, but everybody else's food was made of wax. <laughs> just to, just, to, to, mess just to be mean. Just to be mean. Why do I need to know that? I don't know. But sometimes you find something that helps you. And so we say <laughs> all that to say Paul uh, is, is chained to a guard 24-7. And, and here's what's big about that. It's not just that Paul's in prison. Paul is either going to die, he's going to be executed. But while he's waiting to die, um, his dreams have kind of died. Like his dream is to be a church planner. When I think about Pastor Anthony and his energy and vision, and he wants to be with people and he wants to be creating things, the worst thing you could do to somebody like that is put them in a room where they can't go anywhere else. Yeah. And Paul was a visionary doing what he believed God called him to do. And now he can't travel anywhere. Now he can't plant churches. He can't go anywhere outside of that house. Yeah. And so he's waiting to die. And at the same time, his dreams are dying. And so it's a really tough moment. And here's what he says. He says, rejoice in the Lord always, which kind of makes you mad. But again, he's in a bad situation. Mm. And he says, um, he goes on and he says, the Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. And there's that phrase we kind of said that that makes us frustrated. Um, and, and I think it's important to, to, to show the differences, as you mentioned, between fear, stress and anxiety. Um, the, one of the authors we mentioned at the beginning was Edward Welch, who's a Christian author. And he says that, that fear is, is, is actually something you can specifically identify. So like for Paul, the real fear here is that he's going to die. He, he's potentially going to be executed. Yeah, it was um, a legitimate fear. Right. So yeah. for you, fear may be you've gone to the doctor and they've said it could, it, it's this. Like that's something that really could happen. Stress is, is really a, a result of a lot of different responsibilities or things or pressures you fear. So fear, this could happen. Stress is... I'm a parent, I'm, you know, I'm a husband, I have a job. But anxiety, he says, is, is not specific. Anxiety is just your imagination kind of running wild. Yeah. So if we looked at it for Paul, the fear here is execution. Yeah. The stress is I've planted all these churches and I can't be there to help them. Yeah. And then anxiety is if Paul's mind went wild and thought, well, I've got a lot of enemies. What if they're, you know, what if they're teaching something different? What if the churches aren't doing well? And anxiety is where your imagination just kind of takes off. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I'm, I'm going to back up just a second. When you talked about Paul being caged and his vision right. being caged, I think there's a lot of us that feel caged by our circumstances. Right. You know, and, and maybe you're not in prison 
Um, maybe you are. Maybe, maybe you feel that way, though, because of your circumstance that is so far outside of your control right now. And, and you feel caged in, you feel boxed in, and you don't know what to do. And, and for those who have called North Park home, when we talk about Philippians 4, like 4 through 9, like, y'all know this is my verse. Like, this is the cornerstone of my house. When you walk in my house, this is the verse that's on my wall. Right. And, and I like it because it's not just like a calm down right. or you need to give it to God or, or you don't need to worry. I think it replaces, it tells you what to do instead. Right. Yeah. It's like, don't like my favorite translation of this is the new living translation, which says, don't worry about anything instead. Yeah. And I like that word. It's like, okay, don't do this, but I'm going to give you some stuff to do. Yeah. And, yeah. and this is what Paul is saying. Instead, um, of worrying, we're going to rejoice. And then I love what he says again. I'm going to say it. Rejoice, like he repeats himself, like that's so emphatic. I uh, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, yeah. rejoice, and and that's a great first step is just to to worship. Because I'm gonna be honest with you, Pastor Chris. I, I even said it to you, kind of offline this morning. I feel like I've been in a fight the last four years, right. and there have been moments in my fight, in my personal battle, um, where that is the only thing I could do. Right. You know, there are moments when when I was at my worst or at my lowest, I didn't want to read the Bible. I didn't want to listen to a sermon. I struggled to pray right. uh, because I was angry at God in a lot of ways for my predicament, for my situation. That's a hard word to say, predicament. Did I say it right? Yeah, my circumstance. I just say a different word. It's very hard to to pray when you almost feel he's responsible for your situation. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But for some reason, I could worship. Yeah. And when I didn't want to pray, when I didn't want to even sometimes be in church, right, um, I could put on worship music. And I actually have a uh, playlist on my phone called Fight. Wow. And all it is is worship music that just helps guard my heart and mind and motivate me to worship despite my circumstance. Um, I think you said it to me recently, and I've not gotten away from it. I say it almost every day, man. We've got to fight like the third monkey on Noah's Ark, and it's raining, you know. And sometimes you just have to be super intentional in those circumstances to not just lay down. But, hey, we're going to fight through this right. together. Yeah. And and what I appreciate about that, too, is, is Paul— as Pastor said, he's not just saying, hey, you know, just kind of just trying to say, hey, don't worry about it, don't think about it. Paul is, is, is very aware of reality. And the reality is he's in prison. Um, but a part of that is, is the first thing we need to do is reevaluate our expectations. And Pastor and I had talked about this before that uh, for the most part, one of the biggest challenges is we expect that life is at some point just going to be just kind of flatline and just stay calm and just be easy. Um, in fact, kind of a, a definition we think of peace in the world is the absence of any disturbance or any hostility and there's not going to be any strife. And I find myself always saying, well, if I just get to this place yeah. or if I'm at this job or with this person, there won't be any more strife. There won't be any more challenges. If my kids just get to this grade or this age, um, and really, I spend a lot of time being upset that I'm upset. Oh, um, yeah, you know, totally. It, and uh, Mark Batterson says that, that life is hard, but once you realize it, it gets easier. And yeah. I think it's because there's a lot of energy wasted on being upset that things aren't perfect, if that makes it sense. It does, and I think we're, we're surprised when things aren't at peace. Right. And, and you're exactly right. It's like if we could just get this problem solved, if we could get a solution to this situation, if we could just get on the other side of this little challenge— then, then we can experience some peace. Right. And then we're surprised when it happens again yeah. or that we face another right. battle. 
Um, our text last week was Jesus's words. Right. In this world, you will have tribulation yeah. and you will have sorrow. Right. You're going to face those things. Um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday. I think we get very disoriented because when we are going through stuff, we automatically assume something's wrong. God's punishing me. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, but I was reminded from, from David and Ashley Willis, who are friends of North Park, who've been to speak here before, um, that sometimes we can be right in the middle of God's will right. and things be hard. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that, that God's not in control or that you've done something wrong. And they even referenced, you know, Mary and Joseph, how hard that season right. was for them. Yet that was exactly God's will for their life. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I know nobody wants to hear it, but sometimes God's doing something in, in our lives through these things that we're facing. Yeah. And I think it connects to what you said at the beginning that we expect now that we're Christians for things to be easier. And what Paul would tell you is that actually you now have more enemies that now that you're a Christian, mm -hmm. right? Um, and if you summarize all of Paul's teachings, his kind of enemies are, he doesn't even really mention the people that are really going after him. He, he describes it as the world. So not the created world, but kind of a system of thinking that our yeah. world is in the flesh. So my own desires, the problems I cause myself and then, and then Satan, who's an enemy. So those three enemies are coming at you. And when you become a Christian, they come at you even harder, right? Cause now you're denying your flesh yeah. not doing what just comes natural. Yeah. Uh, you're going against the system of the world and it's thinking and, and Satan wants to come at you more. And yeah. so you're actually going to face more um, but one of my favorite uh, speakers, Tim Keller, talks about when you're in a swimming pool, and sometimes I do this with my kids to be mean, if you hold like the beach ball down under I thought water, you were going to say you hold your kids no, no, down. No, no, sometimes. <laughs> when sometimes. we're in the pool just, and just sometimes <laughs> to be mean, it's like, hold them down. Uh, if you hold the ball down. <laughs> Which one right? would you hold down the longer? <laughs> it depends on the morning and what state it is. But um, if you're holding the ball down, right, you can hold that, that ball down. But eventually when you let go, it, it like pops up and it's funny because it'll kind of hit you in the face. Yeah. Um, but, but Keller talks about it as a kind of an illustration where Paul says we're afflicted in every way, we're, we're, but we're not crushed, we're not perplexed, we're not driven to despair, we're persecuted, but not forsaken. And he says we're struck down, but not destroyed. And so the idea is that ball is, is getting wet, that ball is being held down, but when you let go, eventually it bounces back up. You can't actually drown that ball. Yeah. And that's what he's saying is we're going to face so much. Yeah. But really and ultimately, we cannot be destroyed. Yeah. We can be, we can feel pressure. Um, we can be in an uncomfortable situation, yeah. but it doesn't have the final word. Yeah, that's so true. I, I think about the uh, worship band, Chumbawamba. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. I get knocked down, yeah. but I get up again. They, and, they're, yeah, they're, they're on tour with Hillsong. They're not a Christian band. Jumbo. <laughs> and I don't think that song is um, even a positive song. But that line, yeah. that actually is a funny story. I remember when I was a youth pastor, I was walking through the Family Life Center one day at a church that I was on staff at, and I was singing, I get knocked down. And, and, and one of the students was like, Pastor, do you know what that song's about? I was like, man, this guy, he's not going to let life get him down. He's persevering. They're like, no, that's about being high or drunk or something like that. It's like, oh, let's, let's try uh, a different song. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so we'll, you know, kind of that idea is, is what we've been This is much about. easier when you do it alone. It's, it's expectations. <laughs> expectations. Um, that's what Chris is trying so hard to stay focused. And I'm like, hey, you remember that song? <laughs> Um, expectations. So he, we, first thing we said is we've got to reevaluate our expectations. Um, and then the second thing that I would encourage you to do is re-examine your thoughts. So 
reevaluate your expectations. What am I expecting? Am I expecting life to be perfect and easy? Because if I think that eventually it's going to be easy, I'm going to constantly be upset yeah. just about being upset. But if I want to examine my thoughts, and, and in this verse, that's where Paul talks about that. If you look at, um, he, he talks about that we need to pray, make supplication, and thanksgiving, and request. And each one of those words means something similar but different, and we'll get to that. Break down supplication um, for a second, because that's a tough one. Like, what does that even mean to somebody? That's not a word we use all the time. Right. So so the first part, of, for if you use the word prayer, is is worship. You know, as you talked about, so that you maybe didn't want to talk about your situation to God, but you could worship God. And so yeah. what you're doing there is you're making God big in yeah. your mind. Yeah. The, the next one is, you know, if you have supplication or if you have petition, it, it's, it's your needs. Here's the needs that I have. Uh, and then Thanksgiving is thanking God for what he's done. So you're reminding yourself of God's track record and all the things that he's done. And then requests are those specific needs, you know, so like you're making those specific requests. So one is like, here's the problem. The other is, here's how I'm really asking you to help me in this problem. And so what Paul is doing, he's talking about prayer, but he's also really teaching us how to think. And he's saying to really identify what's going on in your head. Um, again, a, a general rule about fear and anxiety is, is that they lose their power once they're examined. Meaning mm -hmm. like when it's just in my head, um, it can just be huge and get out of control. And so that's why it's so important to either have someone to talk to, um, also talking to God, and then also just writing them out. Because once you verbalize it and say it and examine it, you can kind of really begin to start to break things down. And I, I really personally um, can't say enough how important it is to have somebody to talk to. Right. Um, I'm a huge proponent of counseling. I am not a counselor and I don't do a lot of counseling. I talk way too much to be a counselor. Uh, but I have counselors in my life that right. I go to. I'm talking about professional people that I actually write a check to be able to sit down because right. it's something I'm willing to make a financial investment in because I see how important it is. Right. And, and sometimes it takes an outside perspective. Um, let's be honest. If I came to you with my problem, which I do, I come to you right. all the time as a friend, but oftentimes it's hard for you to... Um, not jump in it with me. Like right, if right. I'm upset because we're so close, you'll get upset with me right. too. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it's, 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 it's hard for a friend who's in it, who loves you and who may be even an incredible follower of Jesus to not be impartial about it, you know? And so oftentimes we'll, we'll just kind of almost tell people what they want to hear right. per se, instead of just being someone who can help guide them yeah. through, really thinking this thing through. And so that's what counselors do for me. I don't know if I explained that very well. No, I, yeah. A counselor is, has been very helpful to me to help me evaluate my own thoughts. Right. Um, I can tell you that there was a season where I was dealing with high, quote unquote, anxiety, right? And, 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 and that's why I went to counseling. But the more I got into that counseling process, and it didn't take very long, I realized it wasn't anxiety. It was the stress. Right. It was that I had so many things that I was dealing with, yeah. that, and, and those things were building on top of each other, that it was causing me tension. Yeah. And I assumed it was anxiety, like I'm almost like having a panic attack per right. se, but it really wasn't because I wasn't going to worst case scenario. There was just this pressure.
pressure. I felt like there was an elephant sitting on my chest. Yeah. But it had everything to do with, I just had so many things that I was dealing with at one time. Right. It was causing physical tension and pressure on my life. Yes. And, and once that person helped me begin to sort through some of these stressors that yeah. I was dealing with, it, it relieved some of that tension um, and, and, and I was able to, to walk through that a lot better. I couldn't have done that without the Holy Spirit and that counselor who was helping me examine my thoughts. Yeah, because I, and I think, and you've helped me understand this too, that a counselor does, isn't afraid of losing that relationship. And, and maybe they said it more colorful, but I know you mentioned that count, that counselor just said, basically, I, I don't, I don't, he didn't care about you being a pastor or anybody else. Um, and, and whereas with you and I, sometimes I might be afraid to say what really needs to be said because I want you to like me. I want to have right. a relationship with you. It could affect work. It could affect so many things. You need someone who can speak into your life and is not afraid of losing anything. They yeah. will say the truth yeah. because it's the truth. There's such a risk. Like if I'm gut level honest with you about what I think and what I feel and what's going on in my mind and heart, there comes a risk associated with right. that. But when I sit down with that counselor, there is no risk. Yeah. He basically said, I'm not even going to wave at you if I see you in Walmart. You can right. say whatever you want to say. I was like, well, I'm not going to Walmart. But yeah. it, it, it doesn't matter. There's just no risk. So I was able to really be gut level honest about where I was, my thoughts, my emotions, all of yeah. those things, what was in my yeah. heart. And it was very, 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 very helpful. Yeah, the most powerful thing that happened for me when I went to a counselor is is he kind of went through this thing where he just said, okay, well, then what would happen? Because I, I was afraid of this thing. And he'd say, okay, well, let's say that did happen. What would happen next? And And by the time I got to the bottom of it, it, it wasn't really what I thought it was. And, and they, he, he forced me to, to name it and explain it. And that's what Paul is walking us through with this prayer is he's, he's telling you, okay, who is God? What's the need? Thinking of what God's done in the past. So reminding yourself, okay, God can handle this. Yeah. And then saying, all right, God, here's what I'm really asking you to help me with in this moment. And so it's really prayer in many ways is ordering our thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, and he says later in the verse, he talks about whatever's true and whatever's lovely. And here's why I think that true part's so important. True there literally means that which conforms to reality. So Paul's not saying live in fantasy land. Paul is saying what's actually happening, which is the opposite of anxiety, right? Anxiety is taking things to a whole nother level, imagining where they're gonna be. You know, we talked about if there's a fear, like if you receive a notice, you're gonna lose your house. That's a real fear. It is real fear. But anxiety is if I lose my house, then I'll probably lose my job and I'll lose my relationship with my kid. And I start connecting things that don't really have anything to do with that exact moment. And, and here's the thing, we have a terrible track record. So Paul tells us to look at God's, but often I, if I look at my track record, yeah. I can't predict the events. No. Um, when, when I was a kid, I would have told you for sure I was going to play in the NBA. Yeah. I didn't do real good. <laughs> I wanted to be an NFL athlete and in the offseason, a highway patrolman. Yeah. That That's what been, I wanted to do awesome. because an NFL player only yeah. does not, in my mind as a kid, yeah. only only works for half yeah. a year. So I was going to be a, a highway patrolman the yeah. rest of the year. <laughs> I was, I was going to play pro basketball and then I was going to hang out with Chuck Norris and Hulk Hogan. And I don't know how that didn't happen, but but yeah. So I forgot about Chuck. Norris. Our imaginations, our imaginations go crazy, uh, and and really anxiety is just kind of a negative view of that. So Paul's saying, look at your thoughts, think about what you're thinking, and really examine what what's going on in your heart. Um, I love what David does. David in the Psalms really talks to his heart, and you can either listen to your heart, or you can talk to your heart, right? And so what David does is he kind of gets it all out. And then he starts reminding himself of what God has done. And this sounds so funny, but the idea is this. No one talks to you more than yourself. Oh, so true. Yeah, yeah. It's so true. 
I <laughs> know it's such a great thought. And we, we speak to ourselves in ways that we don't speak to anybody else. Right. You know, like if you're sharing with me what's happening in your life. Yeah. If you even share with me something that you failed at or you, you were worried about, what would I say to you? No, you I would, would say you don't me. need to worry yeah, about yeah. it, man. You got this. Yeah. Like your family loves you. Your wife yeah. loves you. Like your kids love you. You're such a great leader. Everybody, you're, you, God's for you. Like, I would encourage you so much. And I would yeah. be like, there's no sense in worrying about those things. Like think about what God's done in your past. He's going to do that again. Yeah. We'd encourage like crazy. But when it's us, it's like, well, this is going to turn out bad. You yeah. know, nobody likes me. Everybody hates yeah. me. It's like, you know, it's, yeah. we are our worst coach. Yeah. So uh, a couple months ago, uh, a police officer parked in the cul-de-sac of our neighborhood. And I could see him from outside the door. Um, and I was convinced he was going to arrest me for something. <laughs> what thing. did you do? I hadn't done anything. <laughs> and I kept looking out the window like, he's been there a long time. And I started thinking, is there something I didn't do with my taxes? Is there something going to happen? And I was literally thinking, this is what's going to happen. I'm, there's going to be a Netflix special. Like the whole thing's coming apart. And, uh, and I told Ashley and she just laughed in my face and, and he left and I'm so free right now. That's so hilarious. it's, but anxiety does that to us. We're, we are paralyzed by fear. Right. We're paralyzed by our thoughts. We're paralyzed yeah. by this anxiety. Um, and, and I do believe that's why scripture says so emphatically that we have to take thoughts captive yeah. and make them obedient to Christ. Right. Right. Yeah. And when, what's funny is Paul talks about the, the, this peace that guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And if you look at the words that he's describing, it's literally an, an image of the guard that is, is, there would be a chain about this long from his wrist to the guard's wrist. And Paul takes that real life situation and says, but actually in, in kind of the spiritual and in my mind, what I'm actually chained to is there's this peace that surrounds me. Mm. And so he just kind of oh, takes so that. Good. And so just kind of what we've said is reevaluate and, and look at your expectations. And then we've also said that we need to, to look and re-examine our thoughts um, and we just had a kind of a practical um, exercise that, that's helped me a lot. And what I would encourage you to do um, is, is right now or right after the message, just get out a piece of paper and at the top, just write worry list and write down everything that you're worried about. That's just good. absolutely everything. Um, and then once you get to the end, go to the top, cross out worry and put prayer list. And that may sound cheesy or corny, mm. but here's what it's going to do. It's great. Many times you'll say, pray about it. And you say, well, I did. And you prayed for like two minutes and you just kind of said this general prayer. But if you have this specific list and you, I mean, any of us right now could come up with 50 different things we're worried about yeah. and just start going down the line and name it and just give God a, a summary of why you're worried about it. And what you'll find is by the time you get to the bottom of that list, you, you're just kind of in another headspace and you begin to talk to God, okay, what, what can be done in this situation? And, and, you, and you begin to worship and you begin to do what Paul said here, which is to organize your thoughts, pray. And that rhythm is I talk to God and I allow space and time for God to talk to me. Mm. Say that again. So I talk to God and then I allow space for God to talk to me. Because a lot of times I'll just do, you know, kind of the first part, I'll talk to God and then I'll just run off. Yeah. Um, and silence makes us nervous. And Scott Neal was with us a few weeks ago and in the sanctuary, like where we're having service, for one minute, he said, let's just all be silent. And it felt like it lasted forever. It felt awkward, but then there was something really sacred and special about yeah. just sitting there I longed for more. When right. he started talking, I was like, no. Like, yeah. It was like, it was such a healing moment. Yeah. It's like, I want more of that. So you do have to create space. Um, and I know we are all different and it takes different things for different people. 
Um, for me, one of the most healthy things that I can do is go for a really long walk. Yeah. Um, I, I like to say a run, but the reality is I walk a lot of it. And, and I, I just think that is a s space for me to clear my head and to just really pour that out, especially when it's 93 degrees outside, right. you kind of sweat yeah. it all out. Um, but I can tell you when I go and do that and I'm listening to my playlist and I'm talking to the Lord and I'm giving him space yeah. to talk to me, when I get back in my car after that, I'm a different person. Yeah. So yeah. you've got to create that space um, to do that. Man, I love you. I'm so honored to do ministry with you. Um, you're my friend. You're my favorite speaker in all the world. And I think you're the smartest guy that I know. Will you pray for us as yeah, we close? Yeah. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to talk and, and to share. And Lord, just meet us right now where our thoughts are and help us to examine those thoughts. And, and Paul says, whatever things are true. Yeah. And, and Lord, a lot of times our anxiety has just run rampant with our imagination. So I just pray for that peace that passes all understanding to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I pray that everyone um, that's with us today, Lord, would, would identify some friends, uh, a counselor that they can talk to, and also to talk to you and to get into that rhythm of, of being very specific, of naming the anxiety, what's causing it, talking to God, and then allowing God to talk to us. And we just thank you that this is possible, uh, that this is real, and Lord, we just, we just pray that you'd give us that peace. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Amen. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today for our online worship experience. And we want to connect with you. And one of the ways that we can do that is our digital connect card. So jump over to northparkrdu.com, click that digital connect card, and let's be connected together. We want to walk this journey with you. We think life change happens in the context of meaningful relationships. So we'd love to be in relationship with you. And a part of the way that we do that is through groups. And so if you are not currently a part of a group at our website, you can also find out information. You can join a group. And in August, we're rolling out a whole bunch of new groups. Some of them are interest-based and some of them are life groups that meet in homes. That'd be fun. Hope you'll join us. And finally, if you'd like to make an investment to build lifelong followers of Jesus, hit that online giving button at northparkrdu.com. And we want to thank you in advance for your investment in making an impact in people around the world. We love you guys. We're cheering you on. And we can't wait to see you next week in person at Riverbend Middle School.